My Shoes. It is a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we are facing every day. Y'all know the drill. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. I think this will be a short one today, guys. As you know, I like to wrap up the year, just kind of giving my reflections on what the year has been like. I typically take a break from the mic in December, and I'll be doing something a little different with that as well. So just wanted to talk to you about what's going to be going on in 2022 and what's been happening in 2021. And um, I teased it in my color confessions group today that I was uh, kind of procrastinating about doing this episode. I was going to start talking a little bit about what's going on with my baby girl. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. And I'll give you a quick synopsis. And you can always go back to episodes where I've talked about her before. Uh, But I have a daughter with multiple diagnoses. She has a mental health disorder diagnosis. And that is the one that... um, is really the most challenging to deal with. And it's been a rough fourth quarter. Uh, The last few months have been very difficult. Um, Can't get her to take her meds. Um, You know, she's kind of all over the place. One minute she was going to go work for this hotel where you could stay on the premises and they were going to have her go to Tennessee. And it was just crazy stuff. Um, She doesn't, you know, get all of any conversation she's having. So then when I'm checking into this to see if it's legit, she was like, oh, I'm just going to go up there for training. And as it stands, she'd have been moving there. Like I said, did you get that? Oh, I get it now. You know, so she doesn't get all of everything that's going on. Um, She has a group of friends that she is allowing to really kind of influence her. And she's not willing to listen to those of us who really have her best interest at heart. So it's been rough. And um, I don't know, not quite sure what 2022 holds. I just ask that you pray for her. Um, It has been a challenge to say the least. She is um, getting worse about listening to people who don't mean her um, any good. And for those of you, you know, who um, are in a situation similar to mine. So when you have a child um, with a mental illness disorder or mental health disorder, And um, I I just want y'all to know the struggle is real. Like it's no joke. And uh, if you can identify with what, you know, we've been going through. So we find a place for her to stay within a few months. She's messed that up. She don't want to follow the rules. Now you got to find some other place for her to stay. You get the money set up so that she can have what she needs. And if she has any access to it, she let other people spend it, whether it's money to eat with, whatever it is. Um, She, you know, doesn't like to deal with anything that, um, the rest of us who are adults have to deal with. So I'll give you an example. You know, her way of dealing with things is to totally 100% avoid it, even if it's to her own detriment. So, um, you know, during the heart of the pandemic, she was all over the place where she was living here, there, everywhere. And uh, she got into a situation, we had to go get her. And she had some clothes that we needed to pick up off of her belongings. And the guy that she was messing with at the time, and she messed with I don't even know where she gets people from. Um, the police have been called the whole bit. So anyway, long story short, my husband picked her up. Uh, you know, he met her to pick her up and they were going to go back to get her clothes. And he called the police. They said, hey, when you're ready, just call us and we'll be there to make sure you no know issues. She did not want that to be done. She would rather just leave all of her belongings. Just refuse to cooperate. <laughs> just refuse. Now, where are you going to get clothes to wear? I, I don't know. But she just didn't want to deal with it. Um, you know, And it's simple stuff. She's supposed to keep your room clean, you know, throw the trash out. Like we're not asking her where she's living. They're not requesting crazy stuff, right? Just 
keep yourself, you know, keep your area clean. You're not supposed to have overnight visitors. I mean, that type of thing, right? She just will not do what she's asked to do. Um, And one of the things that, you know, if you are going through this, one of the things that I suggest that you do is find out early um, how you can get as much control uh, over certain things as possible. So my daughter is extremely bright. So uh, guardianship, it would be difficult. And quite frankly, I'm going to be real. I don't know if I want that because she can be very impulsive and you don't know what she's going to do. I was, however, able to make sure that I was able to control the funds for her that she could get from the government. Um, And if you're new to this, I'm just going to go through this quickly. What you want to do is do your research early. If your child, niece, nephew, whomever the person is in your life that you're helping who has especially a mental health disorder, you want to start research early um, so that you are able to know what you need to do so that when they hit the 18, you can start putting things in place. Um, You know, she's working and that's a good and a bad thing. Um, obviously I want her to have some independence. However, she doesn't want to follow the rules as it relates to that with the funding she gets from the government. So she gets disability. If you work a certain number of hours, they cut your check because the government ain't trying to give you no money if you're working disability or no. Okay. Um, if she works over a certain amount, they cut the check off altogether, which means, you know what that means, right? I've told y'all before, if you give my daughter $20, she is spending 25. Okay. So if the governmental money that I'm able to get control of so that I can pay her bills. If she's not getting it because she's working too many hours, guess what that means? Trying to get the money from her to get her bills paid, which I'm going to catch pure hell trying to do that. So it's a double-edged sword when she works. Um, And so I, I encourage you to understand the process early. So, you know, Social security disability is a a federal thing. And so I assume it works the same most places. And so you can have yourself designated as that person's payee, which means the money comes to you um, so that you can control it. And so what happens in my daughter's case is um, I don't know if this happens in other states, but I know it's prevalent in Florida. Now, we ain't talking about a lot of money, but the problem is there are people who prey on people who are vulnerable like my daughter. And they want control of that money. So what they want to try to do is to get the person, because this is the wacky, this right here is whacked out, right? Now they won't give her control of the money, but if my daughter communicated better, she could go down and tell these people, I don't want my mama to control the money. I want you to get the money to person B. Well, person B just wants the money so they can spend it, right? Because the money comes directly to you to take care of that person's bills. So I suggest that you figure out that process early, Make sure you keep a record of how you're spending the money. But straight up, we ain't talking about no lot of money, but there are people in this world who want control of that money. And it may take several months before they either speak up or somehow the government finds out the money is being misused. And now your relative don't have a place to stay, food to buy their basic essentials because somebody else is getting the money and spending it. Ain't that wacky? Now you won't give her the money, but you'll let this person who has a diagnosable condition tell you, who they want to handle the money. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard, but that's how it works. So I encourage you to get a clear understanding of the process. If you don't know where to start, call me or email me. I'm more than happy to help you. I didn't have anybody to kind of explain some of this stuff to me. And I'm not a believer of you ought to have to struggle to get the information because I had to struggle to get it. That's wacky to me too. So, you know, 
I understand how it works really well in Florida because that's where I'm from. But a lot of this stuff is federal. And so I can at least get you on the right track so that you kind of understand where to go. Um, I had a wonderful guest a few um, month, a few weeks back who gave some great information. I can put you in touch with her. Um, and I'm happy to do that. But I suggest that you start getting this information early and understanding what your child or your loved one could be eligible for, what you have to do so that they'll be able to get whatever benefits they're eligible for, what you need to do to be able to control as much of it as you can. A lot of times you're going to have the same issue I have, their IQ or their uh, ability to answer questions. They, she can make horrible decisions, but she can make them. Um, and so I, there are certain things that I will not be able to control. But what I can control to help her, um, I've been able to get that information. And so I suggest that you understand that process early. Start now uh, because there'll probably be evaluations that have to be done. And I will tell you, it's not always easy. So most of the time when you apply for disability, it's like a game. They force you to apply multiple times before you're approved. I will tell you this. I apply once and once only for my daughter's disability. She got it on the first try, which is unheard of, but it's because I started this process early. So I knew what type of evaluation she needed, how long would that process take, all of that type of stuff. Um, and so I suggest and encourage you to do that early. So when they be, turn 18, you're well on your way um, because this is a lifelong journey that I'm going to be on with her um, unless the Lord changes her. And so um, it will be the same for many of you who are listening, who are going through the same thing that I'm going through now. And so I encourage you, I urge you to start early so you can get a handle on it um, as quickly as possible. Um, and so again, just pray for her. It has been a trying season with her. So, you know, we're not even um, going to the doctor, to her psychiatrist regularly like we were because she's not taking the meds. I think we go uh, at the four month mark so that they don't close her file out. Um, and everybody has been very gracious, um, very, very kind, um, you know, pouring into me to let me know, hey, you've done all that you can do. You've done more than maybe you should have done. But there comes a time when, I mean, there's not, there's not anything else that you can do. Um, and that's kind of where we are right now with her. Um, and I'm grateful to her therapist and to her doctor who have really poured that into me. But I will tell you this, I'm also grateful that God has allowed me to get to a place where whether or not they think I've done all I can do, I know that I have. And God knows that I have. And quite frankly, she might not want to admit it, but my daughter knows that I have. And so I encourage anybody who can resonate with what I'm going through, because like I said, the struggle is real. Um, I want to encourage you and pour into you what they poured into me. You have done all that you can do and maybe more than you should have done. And wherever your loved one is right now, it's not for lack of trying on your part. And so I want you to release that, right? You've done all that you can do. And there are people, and I've said it before, on the outside looking in who think they know. And it's a shame you won't do this and that. They don't know the struggle. They don't know what you've been through. So release that and know that you have to say, God, you got this. You have this. He knows my daughter. She's my daughter, but she is his child. He knows her. He made her. He knew what was going to happen. He knew where we were going to end up. He, he knew all of that. And you know, I'll tell you a quick story. So people have said to me over the years, 
I couldn't do what you do with your daughter. And I didn't understand it. Like I thought, what are you saying? Like whether you birthed the child or adopted, like you, you could end up with a child with a disability. Like what does that mean? Um, you know, and the Lord really helped me to understand that better. And I told y'all, he talks to me like I'm talking to y'all. And what he helped me to understand is that God knows who to give what to based on how we're made and our temperament. So for example, my son eats one thing at a time. I don't think my baby has ever eaten waffles and bacon together because he don't want sweet syrup touching his bacon. So he eats the syrup with the waffles. Then he throws that plate away and he gets another plate and he gets his bacon. Right. And I have watched some people, it drives them nuts. And I've had to straighten some folks like, don't, don't, this ain't got nothing to do with you. If he wants to get a fork and eat the macaroni and cheese and then throw that fork away and get a new fork for them green beans, I'm going to need you to leave him alone. It does not bother me. Praise God that I can afford plastic utensils. So if he needs two or three of them to eat, that's his business. Like, like stay out of that. Don't have nothing to do with you. It doesn't bother me. You know why? Because my mama eats like that. There are certain things that ain't supposed to go together. Certain things don't touch. So I grew up with somebody who ate that way. So the fact that my son does the same thing does not bother me. He knew to give him to me because that don't bother me. And I'm not going to stress him out about it. That's how he eats. That's how he eats. He knew the same thing about my girl. He knew that I would be relentless. He knew that I was going to love journalism. He knew that I was going to major in it. And it's a field where you got to be willing to do some research because how can I, I don't know everything about everything. How can I write an article and explain something to you if I don't understand it? So I have to research it. And those are the skills that I need to use to make sure my daughter gets what she is entitled to and what she needs. He knew that about me. He knew that I would be like a dog with a bone. He knew it. So he gave her to me because he knew that I would do that. And so the child that you have, the niece that you have, the nephew you have, whomever this family member is that you are trying to help. And it seems like they're fighting you tooth and nail. It seems sometimes like you're not making headway. That is a child. That is the relative that God wanted you to have. They're in the place they're supposed to be. As hard as it may seem sometimes, they're where they're supposed to be. And maybe the people who've said that to me, maybe they got things going on with their child. I feel like I couldn't deal with it. I don't know. But know that the child you have is the one God wanted you to have. He knew what was coming. He knows what's going to happen. He knows. Like, I, you know, a few months ago, I was getting my hair braided. Because if you know me, you know. I'm not a hair person. So I get it braided because I can look decent and I have to really get up and like do a hairstyle every day. And while I'm sitting there with the person where she was living had had enough. She wasn't cleaning up. She didn't want to follow rules. She was being evicted. And so I had to keep it together sitting in her chair. But I'm thinking, you know, what am I like in two weeks? What am I going to do? I got in the car and I rode a little bit and took a deep breath and said to God, you, you have to, I don't, you, I don't know what to do. And I cried. So until I think my chest hurt, um, I just, I didn't know. I was like, I was at the end of my rope and I'm like, you have got to handle this. I don't know what to do. And do you know that within 48 hours he'd found, he'd helped me find another place for her to go. Now she's going to get put out of there. <laughs> That's a whole nother story, but he helped me find it. And the point is, He can do it again and he can do it again. And, you know, I have said to her, 
I don't know how many places you think I'm going to be able to find for you to just screw up on and you were supposed to have a place to stay. I don't, I don't know how often you think we're going to be able to do this. But whatever the next step is, he will be in control of it because I cannot, I, I, I can't control it. I cannot control her. I can't make her do what I want her to do, what I know she needs to do. I can't. And not only that, I will not be of any use to her if I allow this thing to tear me up so emotionally until I can't think straight. Because as I've said several times on this show and on social media, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You have a right to happiness. It's all over the place. What are we talking about this time of year? Joy, peace. You can't let this thing steal your joy and your peace. You can't. I love my daughter. I love her. But I cannot control what she does. I can only control my reaction to it. Right? I I cannot control what she does. But I have done everything I can do. And I'm grateful that those in her life, this this therapist she has, she's been seeing this lady since she was six. So she knows her and she knows what I've done. She knows my husband has done. Her doctor, she's been going to since her first doctor retired. So that was like early middle school. She's now 20. (laughs) He knows. And he has said, people who are living what I'm living, and I know y'all can relate, you find a place, they mess it up. You get this taken care of, they mess that up. And he has asked around trying to help, you know, he, all of his patients who have children or loved ones with similar diagnoses are going through the exact same thing I am going through. So trust me, they understand this thing is, is deep. And so these are people who have been on this journey with me. And so they know, and I am grateful that they understand and see what we've done. But even if they didn't see it, I know what I've done and you know what you've done and you have done all that you can do. I will always be there for her, but if she comes to to some, you know, if God allows her just that moment of clarity to realize she needs to get back on her meds, she needs to allow us to help her. And we've been there before. She can be doing so well. And then the problem is they think they're doing better. They stop taking their meds and I feel like I'm just on a, um, like I'm a hamster on this wheel and I can't get off. Right. And if I allow it to get to me to where I can't think clearly, if she does come back to where she's trying to get some help, I will be of no use to her because now I'm an emotional wreck. So take the time that you need to over this season to experience the peace and the joy that you see all on the decorative pillows and people have it in their, you know, on the yard and joy, peace. That's all we talk about this time of year. And you have a right to some of that joy and peace too. Um, And that was more than I meant to say about that. But I felt like somebody needed to hear that. I felt that one in my spirit, (laughs) y'all, that somebody needed to know that. You have done everything that you can do. And I appreciate you for what you've done um, and for uh, the effort that you're putting forth. Um, And talking about what I've been through with her, it, leads me to um, what I'm excited about for 2022. And I'm grateful to a friend of my husband's who helped me come up with this community and what I wanted to call it. And so, you know, I've been given this idea some thought for a while. I am the parent of two adult children. And I don't know about some of y'all that have adult children, but I have been parenting my behind off since they became adults, y'all, like for real, for real. Um, you know, 
and my son starts working. He gets this stuff about, you know, 401k or whatever. He was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, wasn't supposed to do this. Or, you know, um, he got into an accident and the dude tried to give him the business. Like he hit my baby from behind. He's fine. But, you know, it's like, oh, he, he calls me up and they're getting out and exchange, exchange information. I said, be sure. I don't know. This was God. Be sure you get a picture of the license plate. I don't know why I told him that, but I did. And the dude starts telling him, oh, it's, I'm in a rental and I don't have insurance because it's a rental. Well, my baby don't understand this Florida. Y'all, I'm tell you about Florida. <laughs> it's a no fault state and you ain't written a golf cart without insurance. Right. But he didn't know that. Um, I just feel like there are things that I'm thinking, maybe it's some stuff I was supposed to tell them that I just kind of thought they knew, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that questions that I'm answering way more questions than I answered when they were under 18. Um, and sometimes I feel like when you hear, you see parenting blogs and you hear they're talking about parenting on TV, they're not really talking about us as parents of adult children. And so I wrote a blog post about it. And I was saying that I was looking for my village and I bet you I'm not the only one. And people responded. And um, one of uh, a friend of mine said, girl, I know how you feel. I'd have answered more questions too. And my children are older than yours. And she said, yeah, it just means we're parents for life. And I thought, that's it. You know, I was trying to figure out what to call it. And so I'm calling it Parent for Life. And it's just a community where we can talk about what we are going through as adult, uh, as parents of adult children. Like one Facebook group I'm in, a woman said, don't nobody pray like the parents of adult children. And that thing is, whew, girl, I felt that one too. So, um, you know, I'm excited about that for 2022, where we'll talk about some of those things that we're going through, give each other advice, uh, and, and even speak to parents who have those kids who are that 16, 17, because, you know, I said this before too, they're going to go to bed at 17 and wake up 18, and the rules change just like that. You're now hello world, legally an adult. And so what are some of the things that I wish I had said to mine before they got to that age? You know, how you can help them as they're making this huge transition into adulthood. Um, you know, I, I it always, it tickles me when I think about the story. I had a girlfriend whose daughter turned 18 and needed to possibly have surgery and it was like okay you can have the surgery or we can look at it a little bit more and do some testing and so she wanted her mama to make the decision and they were like no sis you have to do it you're 18 the poor child was in tears <laughs> because who was making those decisions all that time you know so just really what we're going through as the parents of adult kids um, it's more than a notion and I know there are some people who feel like oh you just gotta let them figure it out um, and I'm, I'm not from that school of thought I know that um, my role is different. It's more an advisory role, but I still feel like I have a duty to help them along this journey if they're willing um, to, you know, some of us have adult kids. We've had to move back home because it's hard out there on them streets, right? The economy is tough. So some people are coming back home and how is that working out? You know, so we all need some people who understand that. And so I'm excited about that community. Um, I'm excited about what we're doing in our Facebook community. We call Color Confessions. We've got a book club going right now. Um, and the book we're reading is We Are Not Like Them. And it's not too late to join us. I'll put all the information you need to join our Facebook group in the show notes. Uh, it's called Color Confessions. And the book is We Are Not Like Them, as I said. And it is about, it's fiction, but it takes a page from real life. It's about two women, one Caucasian, one African-American African who grew up lifelong friends and the 
a white woman marries a police officer who shoots an unarmed black teenager. And the black woman is a reporter assigned to cover the story. And it's just what this does to their relationship, their feelings about each other's cultures, the stuff that may have been under the, you know, underneath that surface that uh, maybe they didn't even realize. And it has been a powerful read. And we'd love to have you. You can tell us, you know, maybe some suggestions for what our next book should be. So I'm excited about that. Great things coming up on the podcast for 2022. Uh, I have a woman that I interviewed a few months back and I'm going to share in the new year. She has been battling cancer um, and not, you know, she said a lot of times people think it's breast cancer and that's not it. You know, that's the form of cancer that gets a lot of attention for women. Um, And there are other forms that we are struggling with um, mightily. And she um, has a young woman who was diagnosed with a form of cancer that they don't even test for in people her age, typically. So even getting the diagnosis was tough. And on top of that, she's trying to be a mother to two little babies and going through a divorce and what all of that is like. Um, It's just a unique journey. Um, I met her on Clubhouse and her story was just so powerful and I wanted to share that. I have an update with Dr. Robin D'Angelo. You may remember her. She wrote White Fragility and she has a new book out. And we just talk about how she feels race relations have been going since uh, the death and murder of George Floyd. And so I enjoyed catching up with her. I have a few others that um, are in the pipeline, haven't uh, firmed them up yet. So I don't want to say anything until those are uh, ready to go. But I'm excited about what uh, we're going to be able to bring to you next year. We'll have our 100th episode in 2022. I cannot believe that. And I'm excited to bring that to you. And in December, as I bring to you some best of In My Shoes, the podcast, I'm going to be doing a little bit of video. I'm going to try to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, Y'all know I say it all the time. I majored in print journalism for a reason, (laughs) but uh, I'm going to push myself to do a little more video and I'm excited about that. I'm going to start with uh, doing a few intros for the uh, best ofs that we're going to be doing for the rest of the month of December. Um, And I'll probably come on and do a little New Year's Eve um, video as well. Uh, You can see some video that we've already put out there. Last week's episode was with my niece, my little sugar mama, Charlie. Uh, As we celebrated National Adoption Awareness Month, my sister adopted her a few months back and uh, she was uh, cute as a button and you can see some video of that. So we're already starting to work on that in this year and we'll be doing more of it in 2022. So I am excited about what the future holds for In My Shoes. We're doing some things with our nonprofit, looking to do bigger things there, putting a um, computer lab together, working with some of our girls, rising juniors and seniors. Um, It's amazing the things that they still don't understand about uh, what they need to do, uh, what they need to work on as they prepare to um, apply for college, if that's what they're going to do, or get a trade, if that's what they want to do. So we're going to be giving them some tips, and we'll be doing some of that virtually so we can share that information with more than just the girls who are in the area where we're located. And so I'm excited about putting that computer lab together Um, and being able to share that information. And I hope that you all are excited about what we're going to be doing next year. Um, And I always like to end um, as we come up on the close of the year. This is the second time we've done this. I can't believe it. I like to talk about the things that I am grateful for as I reflect on the year, as we just have a few more weeks before we start 2022. 
Um, and I am grateful for all of you. I am grateful for um, the community that I've been able to build for my family, friends. Um, but I am also grateful for the don't haves. And I know that sounds a little weird, but I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, I don't have to worry about where I'm going to sleep tonight. I know I have a roof over my head. I don't have to worry about if I'm going to be able to eat because there's food in the refrigerator. It may not always be what I want, but it's there and I can eat it. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to run the errands that I need to run when I finish this podcast because I'm going to pick up my car keys and I'm going to get in the car. And where I live, there's not a lot of public trans- transportation. It's not a lot of public transit. So without that car, I'd have to figure out how to get to where I need to get to. But I don't have to do that because I will get in that car and be able to go where I need to go. I don't have to worry about whether or not the water is going to turn on when I turn on my faucet, whether the lights will come on. If my lights don't come on, it's because there's a power outage, not because I wasn't able to pay the bill. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to wake up and say, my goodness, what are we going to do for an income? Because I've been blessed with a job. So I don't have those worries. Um, And so I am grateful for the don't haves. Um, because it means that I have, right? I don't have to worry about these things because I have what I need to make a life, to live, to have a roof, lights, water, phone. I have those things. I don't have to worry. And I am grateful for that. And I hope that you can be grateful for the don't haves, even if you're struggling right now, um, even with everything that's going on with my baby. And it has been a rough few months, y'all. I don't have to worry about putting up a poster because I don't know where she is. I don't have that worry right now. I don't. um, I don't have to worry about not being able to reach her. Um, I am committed to always paying her phone bill so that I am a phone call away if she gets herself into some stuff she can't get out of. Um, And so I am grateful for the don't haves as difficult as it has been. And I hope that you know that I am thinking of you and that you are a part of the IMS family. And I pray mightily for you as I pray for my own family um, each day. Uh, And so I'm grateful to be able to do that. And I hope that you pray for me too and that you will keep my girl in your thoughts as well. Um, As I said, this would be a short one. I was on here a little bit longer than I thought I would be, but I just felt like I needed to connect with some people who may be going through as we end this year and know that you are not alone. I know that you can hear your own struggle and what I had to say tonight. And so I felt like I needed to get that off my chest. Um, And I thank you for hanging out with me. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That's kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. If you need a listening ear, you can email me. If you need somebody to kind of get you on your journey as you look for how you can help your family member, you can email me for that too. I'm here for you and I love you. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your December and that things get light for you and that you find some peace and joy. And until we have a chance to speak again, be blessed.